0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Turrbal and Niagara people, and their elders, past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, and flood media is recorded on stolen land.
1: Ready? One, two, three. 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 Fuck, Fuck the <laughs>
2: Four,
3: One, five, two,
1: six. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, you cancelled. Okay, we can do this again. This is the real stuff. No, I think
3: that's good. Fucking yeah. it up is good. Because I think it's a summary of the election. <laughs> <laughs> but Max, only we're without sin. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot.
2: Nah, we're full of sin.
0: Alright, welcome to the uh, post-election podcast. A lot of us have the post-election plague. So... Uh, enjoy our, our sultry throaty tones over the next hour or so. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I guess we're going to discuss <laughs> uh, the, the results. Um, I've been looking forward to doing this one, actually, because I think as we're, a few of us were discussing earlier, um, we've been talking about really not much else for the past few <laughs> days. This so reading his so own tweets to <laughs> <wants>. <laughs> <laughs> the, I
3: kept notes. This is how I do notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just tweet into the public. That's why yeah. I yeah. <laughs> That's why you occasionally see shopping lists appear in my <laughs> feed. Yeah, so. <laughs> I
4: don't know what to do with myself now. It's all over. What what do normal people do?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Relax, have free time. Read. 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 Um, do sports. I took the week off work. I took the week uh, before the election off work to help on the Griffith campaign. And then I took the week after the election off work to, re- to relax. Um, so I've been on staycation this week. It's been really nice. I feel like I can outdo that. I just resigned from
5: my job <laughs> <laughs> two months ago. And so I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm permanently on election mode.
0: If anyone wants to offer any of us jobs, I think we're all, except Mark,
5: uh, unemployed. Yeah. Now, G- well, I'm not unemployed employed, yet. But
4: although I I'm be pretty in a sure weeks. I was not present at all this week.
5: I've got lots of skills, eh? Yeah.
3: Consider this a prolonged <laughs> job in job application.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I have a master's in bioinformatics. Like, please, legitimately hire me. Help. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to go. That's back That's pretty myself, good, I Ryan. Think.
4: But you could use all that those skills to like craft really beautiful like. Email lists. I have a, a degree in
3: English literature and history. <laughs> no laughing. And
0: got the biggest swing to the greens, the lo- biggest lower house swing to the greens in the country. So That's yeah, true, delete your resume and just replace
1: <laughs> yeah, it. Seven point two percent swing. <laughs> a
0: screenshot of the ABC.
4: At least twenty-four percent of the electorate like mildly like you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's that's
5: like a like a you know that's a big job interview. You know, that's That's a
3: lot of twenty thousand people. Yeah, Yeah.
5: maybe we
1: can make you a suit by
5: printing out
3: different
1: like post-election
5: posts from people
1: saying you're a good lad, (laughs) and you (laughs) can staple it together and wear it to interviews. (laughs) Max well, R- Chandler, May, there is an inspiration.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Said my dad. <laughs> Instead
5: of references, you could just have that. Yeah, you could just have all like, the tweets that people have like tweeted about you. And
3: the emails. And just and attach it. Attach them. it to
5: the back of your resume.
0: People like me. <laughs> okay. Uh, should we begin by discussing... Well, we want to get to the Griffith result because a lot of us were involved w- in that campaign, and I think um, a few of our listeners as well. Um, shout out again to Alistair, our 420 Patreon donor, who <laughs> was volunteering on my booth on Election Day. Um, absolutely 100% best donor, and all of you will That's have amazing. to try and top that. Didn't he recognise you? you, recognize you? Uh, yeah, he recognised my name and voice, I think, from the pod, um, and it was super cool. So, Speaking yeah. of names,
3: have we introduced ourselves for this oh, one Oh, uh, yeah. by good,
0: good <laughs> idea. Um, okay, I'm Joe, I'm Nicole, Maddie,
3: Max,
2: my name is Ryan,
4: hi, I'm Mark, great, full house, oh, hi, Mark, (laughs) hi,
3: (laughs) I don't have a good (laughs) alt, I did not hit her, it's not true, it's bullshit, I did not hit her, I did not, oh, hi, Mark,
0: okay, so the notes I have under general overview Remember, everything would have sucked anyway under Labor, but say it in a way that doesn't alienate. Uh, <laughs> say it in a way that doesn't alienate half the country. <laughs> <Oops>. uh, <laughs>
3: All right, who wants to kick us oh, off? In this case, what was Labor's primary vote across the country? Uh, they're down to thirty-three point six percent. So probably a low. Just about a third of the country. Is is that one of their lowest ever? Yeah, it's the second lowest Labor. It's the second lowest Liberal primary vote in their history. Uh, or coalition primary vote in their history since they were formed. And I th- may, I'm may i pretty sure it's the lowest Labor primary vote since the Great Depression.
5: I feel like you're not going to alienate all of those voters. I doubt that there's like that many of those voters, like voted for Labor out of some sort of inspirational, like willing to really back them. No. Like they w- I think there would also be very critical Labor voters
3: who just saw no other option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like bullied and scared into it because yeah. out of fear of a mm. liberal mm. government. Some
1: of them just support progressive women, Max. <laughs>
0: some of them just
3: wanted God to bless keep, their souls. Some of them
0: just wanted to keep Bob Hawke's legacy alive. Oh. Is that the saddest? Bob Hawke died for nothing. Is that well? Aalp, he, that he wouldn't Aalp, have known. Um, ALP staff for standing on his oxygen tube? <laughs> <laughs> That's <death for> nothing. Allegedly, <laughs> 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 this is comedy. <laughs> <It's funny.
1: laughs>
0: Sharpening their Medicare cards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, oh, we're doing a great job oh, and no we're daily going daily. straight yeah.
3: to hell. Um, so what happened?
0: Yeah, who knows? Hey, well, I mean, that's what we have to talk to you about. But I reckon, like, I was talking about this with Liam, uh, who can't be on the cast today, but I'm sure he's got a lot of opinions. And um, one of, I mean, I think the one thing that he said was, uh, this was just the who gives a fuck election. Like, people just totally turned off. It wasn't the change the rules election. Or it the wasn't climate the climate election. election. People, it was just, like we were saying before we started recording, like we may as well not have had an election. It has changed nothing.
3: No, and even in results, like compared to 2016, it's pretty much a replication of the 2016 results for all the like bluster, uh, like, and the weird aspect of Australian electoral politics is that 2016 was considered a roaring success for Shorten and this time around it's like a deep shame. Uh, so it really was in many ways the nothing election, not just in terms of political content, but in terms of results.
4: I remember, like halfway through, there was a bunch of like media hacks that were all talking about, oh yeah, the voters are just not listening at the moment, but they're going to get engaged after Easter, after Anzac Day. You know, they're just not paying attention right now. All the parties think that no one's paying attention, but they'll they'll all come back in and they'll start listening again right after. I just remember at the time thinking that was the most arrogant. Like, take that I can imagine was just like the expectation that one, the voters would give a shit about your nothing policies and then that they would start paying attention because the election is on. It's like, no, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to listen to you. They think you all suck. Why would they suddenly switch back on because the holidays were over?
0: It felt like that to those of us on the quote unquote inside as well, though. I think, like, what I noticed, like, maybe it was just because we'd been waiting for such a long time for the election to be called, but then it was called and then it was just kind of like,
5: No, there wasn't any, like, really perceptible shift in energy.
4: There was no urgency at all. No.
5: No, like, it was, like, even if, like, you can't even think of the difference between... Like, because we did a lot of door knocking here in Griffith, and I actually, like... People were kind of a tiny bit more engaged towards the end, but like I actually can't remember a big difference between the two. I think they were more engaged because I became a more skilled door knocker and I wasn't going to let them not talk to me <laughs> yeah. by that point in time. If but- anything,
2: it was moderately harder to door knock after the election was called because people yeah. were kind of vaguely aware that something political was happening and they hated it.
5: Mm-hmm. And they're getting slammed by all the attack ads. They were like already fed up with the election, whereas before the first engagement they actually had with it was like some young person showing up at their door and be like, hey. <laughs> Let's have a chat.
3: Yeah, which is probably the most engagement they had with the election the entire period. I mean, there's all all of the analysis is coming forth now from the, like, the southern, the sort of like Southern hatred and patronizing going on, the like anti-Queensland rhetoric, the focusing on Labor's botched fr- franking credit and negative gearing policies, the like we played a too big target Labor theory, the like elbow we need to go and make friends with the bosses, bizarre about face which tells you all you need to know about the political content of the labor left and right like there's none uh, where do people think you know are any of those accurate
1: um I think that labor did jack shit and having done Jack shit we've just trudled along as we have same as 2016. It's just, as you said before, it's only this like managing expectations, whether the media or people in their own heads had this like expectation of a coalition wipeout that didn't eventuate. But in reality, Labor didn't offer anyone anything. And in return, they got nothing.
4: I think like the most substantial policy uh, was the cancer or parts of cancer treatment covered by Medicare. And it just went absolutely nowhere. Like that was their big substantial thing of the election. I think that was what the, they were trying to say. Like, hey, this is us redoing,
3: putting more into Medicare. This is our big, social democratic move. And- like out of pocket expenses, and I mean, all of these. Were always, I was chatting to a, um, I was chatting to a Labour friend, um, and or like someone sort of still around Labour, and even they were critical of, for instance, the change the rules stuff because they were like, we wrote those rules, and but also with regards to out of pocket expenses for Medicare. Like it's a bit of a sacred cow to talk about now, but Medicare was set like was always set up for to generate out of pocket expenses. Like it's it's quite it's substantially different to the way the NHS operates in some ways, and they were the ones that froze the Medicare rebate under the Gillard government. And like, I don't know, there, even that policy was weird because it like it didn't ever deal with the contradiction that a lot of the problems in the Medicare system were brought about by the previous Labor government.
1: Yeah, you're not willing to say anything about, like, out-of-pocket expenses across the system or a problem or, you know, um, we need to do something about private health.
4: It's just these very specific ones related to this very specific issue, which I imagine are quite substantial and, like, very meaningful to the people who are affected by it. But, I Mm. mean, everyone has some kind of relationship with cancer, but it doesn't mean that, like, people go and vote on the basis that, like, I don't think anyone was really motivated by that to actually pursue... Or even look into deeper what the Labour Party was offering. It was just like this very particular thing that sounds nice. It's like, okay, cool. And and what else?
1: I think if you're gonna even if you're going for niche specific things like that, you need like a full suite, like we're doing this niche thing about education, this niche thing about roads, this niche thing about whatever.
3: I mean my my read would be twofold. Like the first one is if this is such an excellent demonstration of how deep the disconnect between politics and society is at the moment. Like Even down to the point that Piping Shrike, that political blogger, made the point that there's been this real overdone analysis that you know voters hate or people hate instability or leadership instability, but that's clearly not the case, given that the Liberal Party destroyed, quote unquote, their incredibly popular leader and then came out with a primary vote that's 0.2% less than when Turnbull ran in 2016, right now, and... So mm,
1: I think it's hard to say, though, because, like, on The Door, people do talk a lot about hating leadership spills, but both parties have rooted themselves so bad. Like, there is no...
5: But uh, I don't think it's a vote changer, right? Like, mm, I get the feeling yeah. that people are just like, oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an opening to make it something into a vote to that changer. that
1: politics is ridiculous and it's a circus, but without...
5: Yeah, but you need to be able to, like, articulate something that makes it not a joke or something that inspires people and in the absence of like labor sort of like coming in with um some kind of vision and some kind of like analysis of why politics is a joke and how labour's going to make it better it's not enough to actually shift people's votes at the end of the day
3: no and i mean i think i suppose like it has clearly has some effect but i think the effect is wildly overstated Mm. in the media
1: and clearly not when the opposite Choice is someone who is a charisma black hole who's like been in their own like leadership drama. Well,
3: if it was all about leadership stability, then Shorten should have done really well. Like mm, there was mean, six, ye- but there was six years of like uninterrupted leadership by Bill Shorten.
1: Yeah, but they're never going <laughs> to get over like Rudd Gillard running in the hurry. But
3: yeah, but they it's were right. banking but was on that. But when, <laughs> but when Gillard, you know, like like when Rudd replaced Gillard, like I think one of the other interesting things about that leadership spill was that there was no coherent rationale. They couldn't conceive of a rationale as to why. Turnbull was removed and the Morrison. Like, this was just the continued disintegration of Australian politics. And so, I mean, like, for me, that's it was just more of this sort of, like, deep, continued deep malaise of Australian politics and politicians reaching around for a solution to the problem they don't even understand. And that was, like, for my first read was, at the door, people were just deeply disconnected from politics. And so I'm not surprised that people aren't listening. And we've talked about this before. This is partly the... Disintegration of this sp- both major party social bases, and actually one of the narratives on this is just business as usual.
2: This is the that's the only like take you can take from this election that the people like anti-politics rules every single fucking person is turned off. Um I- If anyone hasn't already figured out by now, the mood in the room is just like furiously angry that Labor has fucked this up as bad as they have, and we're probably just going to continue to bash Labor, but to give them their due, like yes, they were moderately better than the libs and
1: no i mean well they, <laughs> I, would, I would prefer to be clear i would prefer a labor government than a liberal government but their campaign
0: was worse than the libs yeah. they lost
1: but they only it.
5: slightly right like only <laughs> both campaigns <Yeah>. were terrible <laughs> <So> <laughs> i'm
2: <boring. almost laughs> not willing
0: to give anyone any credit for being better than the other side yeah
1: they
2: both
0: I, went backwards. I guess like they both went there went were backwards. some
1: environmental factors that favored the libs like these minor parties or palmer funneling money and votes back like freaking old people whatever um labor didn't or like a media environment that is very pro-lib and always will be. Labor did nothing to counter any of these things, and somehow just expected it to fall into their lap. Yeah,
4: it's that born-to-rule attitude, it's like, okay, no, it's our turn. Everyone hates them, so clearly that's us right now. Like that's literally the often like they default to when it comes down to it, when they have to like fight any any kind of substance, is like, oh, we're not them. Well, so it's our turn, the, right.
3: I think my analysis would be though that their political campaign, like they could have run a really ruthless campaign where they, didn't, they announced next to no policy, made some vague statements about corporate tax avoidance, and then we had, like, one policy, but Bill Shorten just spent his time touring, like, liberal marginal seats, like, Dixon and gone, like, you know, had a press conference, which is something... A, like, a
1: gazer of pork.
3: Yeah, no, but, like, literally, like, when's the next time Dutton's going to challenge? Like, that's his press conference. Like, hey, Morrison, when do you think Dutton will challenge again? And then rock up to, like, you know, Frydenberg's seat or, like just tour liberal marginal seats around liberal MPs that were involved in the coup and then just say these guys are nuts and idiots and run a really super small target strategy. And to be honest, that might have worked. I mean, I think... Mm, the
1: I don't know. I think like people don't give a shit about their...
0: Well,
3: I think they they're, they're, they're going strategy like, this time.
1: As, as we've seen in, in Dixon and wherever else, all people not voting at Morrison, like I don't think people give a shit. That yeah, they are that idiots or not
3: there or involved in a coup.
5: Dutton, like no matter how much we want to like think that that's not the case, like I, I just...
3: Like, people don't know who Dutton is.
5: Well, apparently he's reasonably active
1: in his electorate in terms of like, you know, PNCs and sausage chisels and shit.
3: But the Guardian did a poll of like Dixon and, you know, like a lot of people just didn't know who they're in who he was, which I'm not surprised with federal electorates. The other thing I was going to say, though, was, like, maybe that would or wouldn't work. It certainly would have worked better than what they did, which was come to the election with, like, deeply complex tax policies around negative gearing and franking credits, which they barely could communicate. Like, Bowen was hopelessly awful at communicating it, the effects of either of them, and, like, you know and then also with a series of heavily means tested social policies that only affected small sections of the population and no like articulation of how they would improve people's material lives very simply and easy to communicate without having, without having to explain, explain like the like complicated means testing that they went about you
5: can't have like a tax po- you can't have like it's insane to come with an election and say you've got these two tax policies that are going to actually impact more people like then the like the positive positive policies in which you're shifting that funding to are going to impact like that's just like an insane thing to do like and that's kind of what was happening right like it was very like all their sort of like uh their funding promises and all of their like good positive policy about how they were going to make any kind of positive change was really really niche Um, It was really hard to articulate how it would make any difference to people, but actually the things that were very easy to articulate and did impact like a a substantial amount of people, like they're obviously the quite richer people in society and the people who are quite more well off. But, uh, you know, like you think about with the franking credit stuff, like that could have been a really fine thing if you said, all right, well, we're going to abolish this because it is a shit policy, like abolish it. And what we're going to do is we're going to raise the pension. We're gonna put that money directly into raising the pension. And that's all you need to do to counter like, pensioners are gonna be worse off, rah, rah, rah. It's like, we're gonna abolish franking credits and what we're gonna do with that money is we're gonna put it straight into the pension. Well, I there's think there's the they difference were
0: also- between a, t- a kind of technocratic and a universalist approach. And I just, from what I can tell, they have completely not learned their lessons on this whatsoever. Um, there's a tweet that I saw <clears throat> that really just seems to sum up that- Can I read it way. out? <laughs> yeah, that's uh-huh. what job today.
2: <laughs> oh, I really love
4: this tweet. I
0: think it's a different one to oh. the one
4: you've okay, got we'll in mind. Do, we'll just do a series of okay, labor failing do, to learn their lessons.
0: Yeah, let's do some tweet Operation reading. learn nothing at all costs. <laughs> 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 this really seems to um, uh, ident- sort of sum up the particular flavor of brain disease that they're suffering from at this moment. Um, basically, it's like about yeah, what labor should be doing. um, can't enact policy in opposition. A few light-touch populist policies before the election. Those two terms don't really go together, but okay. Uh, light-touch populist <laughs> policies before the election. What about that conference election? Wayne Swan said where he was bringing Venice back?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Before save, losing his seat. Save the, the
0: uh, big ticket heavy on change stuff for after the election. I'd rather the ALP one government with a 25% emissions reduction policy and then enact additional policies that smash through the target because that's the kind of thing they would do or build a Adani but ensure the project was carbon neutral and all jobs were local. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Can only be done in government, though. Uh, I think just. even with the,
1: like, franking credit stuff, so it really made me think about, like, when I was still working for the government, one of the things I spent a lot of fucking time on was the... Um, carbon price with the household assistance package and it was fucking insane because they had this big policy which is like we're putting a price on carbon the clear way to like you can at least sell the benefit of it. Like, we need to fix our environment. We're coming together. We're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But all the messaging they put out about it and all the comms was, they said, mm-hmm, carbon, and then immediately started talking about, we'll compensate you. So they had this insanely complex message. Like, we're paying, but we'll get the money back. And by saying, but straight away, you don't even get the chance to advocate the benefit. I think with the franking credit, it was the same. Like they said, we're going to do franking credit, but it won't cost very much. to only be these people. They, you don't get no chance to say we're collecting this tax. We're going to use it for this. We need it. We're going to give it to pensioners. They just go straight to this,
4: but,
5: which means that
1: there's no pros at all.
5: Which the but was hard to articulate.
4: Like it was a very hard they but didn't, to articulate. They did it for a long time. They were just saying we're collecting the franking credit tax and then, or whatever they're supposed to be frank, taxed whatever. It's bullshit. This is why it's a problem. But basically, and then it was like it was with, like with halfway through the election when they actually started articulating. This is what actually what we're going to pay for. With this money, and it was like mostly surplus, and the rest was like all oh, these little yeah, you like, you need to roll out the gates, like, not
1: surplus, which is just like a random numbers. Like, it needs to be we are collecting this money for everyone, it is doing mm. this concrete
0: thing. Same with um the race, the new start stuff, like. A, a lot review. of oh fuck me, they didn't even get to a butt there <laughs> no well, a lot I mean there's there, a lot of again, I'm just taking this from Twitter
4: well, we can't because uh, labor right didn't like it and well
0: uh, <laughs> there was like some very complex internal mechanism about like reviewing it, but then like... it's there's just d-
1: complex. it's just what you do in government if you don't want to do something, you make a white paper or an inquiry or a review. <laughs> but the
0: assumption the the idea that this that voters are somehow expected to like take this into account or care about this is breathtakingly arrogant to me and it just seems like more and more it's just politics for politics sake and it's totally disconnected from the people who it's supposed to be speaking to and like not to sound like a broken record but anyone who's done any amount of door knocking immediately recognizes that this kind of like means tested review uh technocratic um babble just is never going to cut through so what you need to do is actually do politics and have like a broad transformative ideological message. And
5: imagine trying to say that to people, like yeah. it's absolutely fucking insane that you think you could say that to people who are like living under the poverty line, who can barely afford to like pay for essential things like having three meals a day and you say, oh, but it's okay, we're going to give a review. So like in maybe like six years time, we might raise new stuff. Like
1: That's insane. And it's so fucking dumb because you can never, by doing a review, it's not like there's a headline that says we're doing a review. People who, like, hate dull bludgers are going to go, oh, yeah, great. Like, that's not enough to appeal to the people who hate like welfare recipients. You can't.
2: And here's my chance to be nonpartisan. The Greens' policy on this sucks too. It's It doesn't reach poverty line. It's just a $75 a week increase. It blows. It needs to be doubled. Woo!
4: The reason they ended up doing that as well is because they wanted to follow along with ACOS, which is the Greens' like, general approach to a lot of things, is just follow the biggest NGO that's been lobbying them and just agree to whatever they want. Um, you know, it still sucks and because ACOS was trying to get to something that the Labour Party could agree to, but the reason that someone articulated um, on Twitter was that the reason they wanted to do a review is so they had permission to like raise it even less than that they wanted the excuse me like, oh this like paper that some experts that we specifically picked to make it less uh, said that we should do less so- and if
5: the greens are saying that like you always have to remember if like you you know what as long as the greens are sort of like a voice of the what people perceive to be the far left in Australian politics is. Like, no, they need to... get emails about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, we need to be like... Yeah, we need to get out in front. Like yeah. A mansion
1: p- stolen straight from a franking credits recipient and given to every unemployed person in Australia. That's it. And
5: Labour Party on can on. meet us in the middle yeah. at 75 fucking dollars or whatever it is they want to get.
3: I think the other thing I found with the... F- like, I mean, franking credits didn't affect 92% of the population. So, it only affected 8%. Oh, well,
1: look at Max out here with the facts.
3: So, But I think that's useful to think about in the sense that, like, their childcare policy, their, like, dental for pensioners, that stuff probably did affect more people than their tax policies did. I think for me, it was also bizarre that they seemed to want to pick, like, that they didn't go after corporate tax avoidance or raising the corporate tax rate or going after, like, big corporations in any sense was weird tactically. But also, I think... You know, beyond the tactics, it does actually speak to the deep malaise within Australian labourism in that, like, it's fundamental to their ideology is that they want to maintain the profitability of big corporations. Like, oh, we're going to get to Albo later. Yeah, but, but I, like, I think that's part of the reason they went after negative gearing and they went after franking credits because, like... Only by In 2013, Shorten was talking, was speculating or 2012 speculating about cutting the corporate tax rate himself because it would help improve the profitability of Australian capitalism. And like, I think one of the, they thought the elegance of going after franking dividend imputation and negative gearing was like the, on negative gearing, it was a slight improvement to the market mechanisms around housing and this deep commitment to provide housing largely via the private market. But also on franking credits, it's sort of down. this like, oh, this is this irrational handout that, like, you know, a couple of percent of the population are getting. This doesn't make any sense. Let's yeah, like, people love like
1: rational economisty arguments. Yeah, it was <laughs> like they gave, it.
3: they handed over their entire strategy to a bunch of policy wonks, um, but like deeply committed to laborism and not even a basic form of social democracy. And we all know that the other big thing for me was around the means testing is the politics of it as such that like. The advantage of universalism is it builds class coalitions, but also allows people to imagine themselves within the policy. Like the the other problem is that even if you are eligible for it under the means testing systems, people's experiences with Australian bureaucracy are such that even if you think you're eligible for it, you often don't get it because the number of hoops you have, it's designed to disincentivize you from accessing it.
1: Yeah, and We're, people like even not talking about welfare instruments, but like middle-class families who receive, like, family tax benefit, they've all had experiences trying to, like, go into the Medicare or the Centrelink office and get this money and probably getting turned off. So they're not going to think, like, oh, this childcare is something that's going to come to me.
3: Yeah, whereas considering it as a right, like like healthcare, like, you know, I, we've probably said this before, but that it's because one of the reasons I think it's so hard to attack Medicare is because it is universal and that Gina Reinhardt gets the same healthcare as someone on the minimum wage. Precisely because it's considered as a universal right, as opposed to something that you have to beg or prove yourself worthy for, which is deeply humiliating anyway. So why you you hear this labour policy and combined incomes of sixty nine thousand dollars and you get two days free child care? It's like sure. So families below that have to go to central and prove that their combined incomes not that constantly have their income monitored.
5: And I think like that that policy there like. People already think that should be what ha- should be what happens. Like I don't think people are particularly inspired by that. Like people with a combined income of $69,000 a year should get two days free childcare. Where well, Anyone who hasn't tried to access childcare before is kind of like, isn't that already what should happen? Like, you know, I, and I think with what you're saying there, Max, like there is a ceiling of Labor's policies and that's what's always going to constrain them as long as they keep taking like big corporate donations, as long as they keep buddying up with big corporates, is they're never going to be able to attack them, and they're never going to be able to come after them and raise the kind of money that they need to have bold transformative policy uh, policies for the for Australia. And so, there's always going to be this like upper limit of what they can do, and until they sort of break from that, I have like zero hope for them. Mm.
3: And, and, it, and yeah. yeah, I think
1: also they need to acknowledge that or that they need to go twice as hard. Like they're all there's a lot of bad takes now being like. We got no media. There was a scare campaign, whatever. Like, the media in Australia has been anti-left for decades. It's not new news. You need to think about that. You need to think about other ways to communicate. Like, you know your policies are not going to get coverage. You know they're going to find any angle to bash your stuff. And then you know that, like, people are loss us, So, anything you can frame as, like, a death tax or a bloody blah old person tax. Like, you fucking know all this.
2: It's and like even though b- you I, need to bake it in,
3: the only point I'd make as well is that the, I don't think the media has much. Media is just as disconnected from society as politics is. Like, if indeed the media had the sort of effect that the political class thinks it does, then the coalition should have won in a landslide. Like, the like the News Corp allied all of the mm-hmm. sort of like holy forces of reaction against both Labour and the Greens, and it didn't have much of an effect. Like, what the what is the swing to the coalition on this? It's oh a 02 percent swing against them. So like, you know, I think that would be the other point I'd make. And I and I mean, I agree Nicole. I, I think also the sort of like this this is the Labour Party still f- suffering the long historical crisis it precipitated in itself ironically after the Hawking Keating reforms and the disintegration of their social base in the trade unions and the like I wish i get Elizabeth Humphreys on here at some point, but I'm very much looking forward to reading her book around how Labor created neoliberalism in Australia.
1: Yeah, and as a result of that, people don't trust you when you say shit. No matter what uh, Albo fucking gets up and says about, you know, a fair go for everyone, they're not going to believe you until you can mm. go really, really hard at it for a long time.
0: We were talking before about um, <clears throat> Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, so I think that's like a good uh, illustration of the media thing. Like, not only do they were they faced with a super hostile media... Um, and that didn't stop them. And like you're right, Max. Like I think that demonstrates more than anything, perhaps that like if hostile media doesn't equal loss. Like there are ways to organise against that, and in, in spite of it. And in fact, the media might just be, you know, yeah, pretty pretty disconnected from the public as well. Um, but I think this may be a good segue to to talk about some of the like um, great. Takes about Russia and <laughs> data oh. Oh. and uh, bots.
2: Go on, Fake Ryan, news. Go hang off, on, King. Hang on. just just before we give up on Labour learning their lesson, this is this is Ryan. The best this tweet. whole
1: podcast is going to be Labour anti-Labour. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah for this but episode and our podcast as a <laughs> whole.
2: Courtesy retweeted to my timeline. Courtesy of Van Badham, absolute fucking legend. This is uh, a Labour candidate um, uh, on on the le- on the election and, and thinking soberly about their loss. <coughs> Labour's policies were spot on this election, only it didn't matter because policy falsehoods were whispered louder and shared deeper into the zeitgeist by the dark venom of voter indignation. Don't you love your kids, they said to me. Hashtag Ozpol.
0: <laughs> I'm really confused about that, but especially <laughs> the last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did that come from? Is that a reference I'm missing? Or
4: no, that's like, it's a thing about death taxes.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, yes. These stupid
1: am stupid. It's, like, it's genuine, uh, like. Too yeah. busy and too dumb to listen to We're our like, beautiful this policies. This is
4: like the, the woke like uh, Melbourneite like takes on what was going on in people's heads um, of the, uh, the entire election, and it was just like there's a lot of entirely like it's like they, like, t- like 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 all of Labor just like touches like some kind of like reality and then just like, moves <laughs> off the into, like into fucking the fucking sum- Netherlands. And, and I think
1: some like Greens members are a bit vulnerable to that too, where they're like, we oh, have absolutely. this great policy, why don't people read mm. them? Well, Why like,
0: don't people know about us? Why don't they listen? Why don't they educate themselves
1: about yeah. our great Why does the policies? media
4: not just constantly share our stuff? It's like, not
0: fair. If only everyone knew about... It, like, no, that's not the way it works. Life isn't fair. You have to campaign and organise on an unequal playing field. In the yeah, we, we can make that the policies till the cows come home. It's not going to... And there's a lot of delightful... I think that tweet, you know, touches on it a bit. But there's been, like, a lot of delightful, you know, blame the voter sentiment going around. Especially blame Queensland. And we would like to unequivocally say that um, we can't wait to secede
4: and uh, <laughs> Queensland <laughs> did nothing, <Please>. Ross. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, like, nothing... The red North comes again. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, nothing changed in this election to the point where, like, Queensland, like, got the same, like, swing, like, lost, uh, you know, Labour lost seats to the libs as every other, like, as the same as New South Wales, the same as Tasmania. Like, and it not just lost the same seats, results. but <laughs>
1: Labour failed to win seats so they thought it were easy wins. Yeah, but it's like also,
5: like, a bit of a, like, fuck you, right? Like, these are people's lives and their livelihoods in like regional australia that no one has given them any other alternative no one has been able to articulate a way that people believe they can not get a job that isn't related to coal in some of those towns. The coal. And imagine there was the a
0: long policy on that. Uh, <laughs> if they had, had all read it, then and we wouldn't be in this situation.
5: The, the long policy wasn't enough. Like Why could not in the Adani
1: uh, corporate statements that said that actually the mine would be automated if they had gone up to page 251?
5: But that, doesn't stu- that still doesn't give them, like even when we're talking about Adani and we're talking about how it's going to be automated, there's still hope there because there's parts of jobs there, whereas no is offering anything else like no one's offering anything else and i just this just like infuriates me it is not queensland's fault it is labor's fault and it's the green's fault as well right from not being able to actually articulate anything better where people could actually think about how that impacted their material lives mostly it's labor's fault
1: yeah totally like i think the greens nationally having not much of a swing in election we've decided was pretty anti-pol and was pretty two minor parties, I think, is a big fail. Yeah. Like, we did pretty good in Queensland, but nationally, that's shithouse.
4: Totally dropping the ball. Like, this was the time in which you go big and go, like, like, all go home. Like, you could, like, win this election, fucking smash out of the park, and – the Greens had a massive opportunity to,
1: or like in South Australia, for example, where the Greens had a good swing, but was there was this the like, yeah, there was this huge Xenophon vote redistributing itself, and it went back to Labor, the Libs, and the Greens. Like
5: you don't have the Greens snatching that
1: up and going, "We are some actual alternative force."
5: But you could snatch the whole thing, right? Mm. Like you probably could snatch most of the whole thing. Um, and yeah, Max was saying this last night, and one of the things that we were at is like it's it's almost criminal. Like mm. it's insane that the Greens did not take this opportunity and we, we know from here in Griffith is like that the politics works, that it does swing votes and it is something that's, you know, particularly powerful is being able to have those big, bold, transformative ideas and going out and talking to people about it and like trashing politics as well and saying, this is shit. This is how we're going to do it better and how this is how it's going to impact your material lives every day. Exactly. And like, also
3: giving, oh, you go, Joe. I was
5: just going to say, it's kind of like how much more evidence <laughs>
0: Does one need that this kind of pol- politics works? I mean, it's not a coincidence. Let's put it that way.
3: Yeah, and the other thing I think is, you know, and we experienced this a lot at the door was that, like, the twin slow motion crises going on in Australia around the crisis of political representation, the hollowing out of Australian politics, and the slow malaise of Australian capitalism, like stagnating wages, and the Reserve Bank just cut interest rates again, but bec- you know, because they're concerned that inflation's really low and. Uh, you know, the housing market's cooling off and there doesn't seem to be any path out of the sort of resource-based economy uh, economy in Australia, particular in northern Queensland. And what people also want, I think, is, and what's, what was really missing in this election was a structural analysis as to, uh, communicated in simple terms as to why that was happening. You know, the one we used often was that, like, the major parties have been captured by large corporate donors and that's why they don't want to make big corporations pay their fair share in tax. The way to fight back against that is to get ordinary people in politics who aren't attached to those corporations. And that's why we'll talk about raising taxes on big corporations to make sure you can go see a dentist for free or got your child, go and access free education from childcare to uni or TAFE or create hundreds of thousands of jobs in building, you know, Green New Deal, start publicly owned renewable energy and mine rehab. And as you said, Nicole, speaking in direct terms about how you improve people's lives, but it's that one-two punch. And what's really interesting is in the states, looking at the Bernie voter profile, for instance, is that the thing that really differentiates them. Actually, often they're sometimes even to the right on on of Hillary voters on like some basic social democratic stuff. Is their like s- f- s- intense feeling that the political system was failing them, and an inability to dis- attach that like anti-politics structural analysis done in a simple to terms with that sort of democratic socialist or social democratic politics like we know at the door that that as you said cuts through like a knife through hot butter uh but people as a result are just sort of looking around like as a result there's just a malaise because no one's providing that analysis or route through australian politics
4: and i think they like the response to that is just like bringing in my north queensland credit is just genuine anger at like politics and just the whole structure of society and like i think if you want to try to take anything away from the election is that like people were genuinely angry at how shit the labor the labor and the lnp uh, were like not just like oh they didn't like the you know back and forth of franking credits or back and forth of like PMs or anything, they, they that's not real anger. Real anger is just people being like these these people like don't give a fuck about me or my family or anything that I care about, and there's literally no options for me.
5: They like I, me for dad.
4: Yeah, like I have relatives who like voted for One Nation, and I know that they're not bad people, but they voted for them because it was literally the only other option. It was like I don't like them, I don't like them. Like these are the only people that I can vote for that are, like, at least acknowledging that in a slight way that there's a problem. The, like, solutions to them are total crap. Like, the, the One Nation's, like, solutions is, like, oh, no, it's all just it's immigrants and stuff like that. That's not, you know, then the solutions don't work or don't change anything. But people are just genuinely angry and they just don't want, like, what's happening right now.
1: Mm. Well, I think also, like, when we talk about when we say, like, Queensland did nothing wrong. Like, it's not to say that Queensland's, like, not racist. Like, there's to overlook things and vote for one nation like you do have to have some like cooked racial attitudes but like they didn't suddenly come about they were always there and they're not going to change because you scold people and I think the way that these like racist attitudes can like manifest in public life and be turned into like actual forces gets worse when you don't address people's like material concerns and their disconnection from the system so that then you can lock onto this thing and this can be something you care about.
3: Yeah. I don't, but what was weird about this election though, that like, you know, there's deep, like Australia is a set of colonial state and deep with embedded within its structures is racism. And, but what was really interesting was that it wasn't like there wasn't any explosive moment really during the election where that figured as a major political moment, like because both the Labor and Liberal Party were in lockstep on torturing people on Manus and Nauru, and like the CFMEU ran this like background campaign around for- scaring around foreign workers, and Shorten like, you know, did a little bit of dog whistling around that, around some of the four five seven visa stuff, uh, like. You know, I think to use that to explain, for instance, One Nation's vote in Queensland would would put us at a major disadvantage in terms of fighting back to them. Like if we understand that One Nation's vote, or even you know, or UAPs, is the function of like those two hundred thousand people or whatever the two hundred twenty thousand people that have voted for One Nation are somehow all raving racists, as opposed to this is just the like a broad outgrowth of people. You know, just voting for anyone that isn't the major parties. Like a lot of the people I don't talk to are voting for One Nation. Or
1: not having any compelling reason to vote for a material thing. No. And thus, you can either go for the outsider look of Pauline Hansen or get on some fucking niche shit in the Anning like real racism department.
3: Yeah, I mean, I spoke to this is a guy. I spoke to who was like, "Yeah, I voted One Nation last time." I was like, "Oh, why?" And he's like, oh, "I like redheads," and like you know, and well, occ- I'm amongst us, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And occasionally, you do run into people who like will say, "Oh, I don't like Muslims." Um, But as you said, Maddie, you end up having these amazingly productive chats with these people. Like my favorite chat still of the entire campaign was with this 70-year-old woman, Myra, who like halfway through a chat about raising, putting dental into Medicare and she said she didn't mind that. She pivots to saying, oh, I really don't like Muslims. Oh, I like coming. And it emerged halfway through the conversation that this is on the weekend of the Christchurch Christchurch, massacre as well. Um, And emerged that her next-door neighbours were a young Muslim family. And I was like, oh, Myra, who do you think wins when we're divided up like this? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, well, look, I think the only the people who want us to be divided up like this are the big corporations who donate to the major political parties and keep profiting off our misery. And, you know, throughout history, don't you think the only way we've ever won everything, anything, like any improvement in our lives, is as a result of coming together and realising we all have more in common Uh, then divides us, and we're only together, this is the only moment when we're at all strong. And she's like, yeah, that's a nice idea, but I don't think it'll ever happen. And I was like, oh, well, Mara, we're going to give it our best shot. And she was like, oh, well, good on your backs. And, like, that's just one conversation. And I think that, like, the function and the observe, like, is nothing, I think it's more to do with the failure of progressive politics than it has anything to do with the population.
1: I think it's also, like... Um, is, does a really good job of letting Labor and the Libs off the hook because, you know, One Nation says a lot of openly racist things, but, like, in a real sense, like, what's the fucking difference if both parties are supporting offshore detention? Like, both parties have some, like, really fucked, like, policing, like, a million different things in Australia. Like, how can we say it is not racist to vote for a major party when they
2: yeah, based on that, based on that rubric, mm. the vast majority of Australia has voted for, racist for the major party. parties yeah, that are totally 100% on board on huge structurally racist things.
3: Well, the North is suspending the Racial Discrimination Act, yeah. uh, Anti-Discrimination Act to implement the Northern Territory intervention. The, like, enormous prison system that disproportionately locks up Aboriginal First Nations people. The, like, a offshore detention program that is explicitly designed to keep... People of color from coming from poor people of color from coming to this country, and you know, like after this election result, we've got a spate of suicides going, suicide attempts going on in Manus. Yeah,
2: I think um, I think this is a succinct way to describe what we're trying to talk about when we say we can win one nation voters over that doesn't let everyone off the hook. Is just like look, the vast majority of the Australian population is racist, but a very thin minority are like ideologically dedicated to white supremacy. And it's about the people you can gain over to solidarity um, are there. You just need to do the work.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you understand that if you are socialised within a country built, like a settler colonial country, then everyone's going to have racist attitudes. And it's about recognising that and working out how to organise mm. against it.
0: Otherwise you get into that liberal sort of tiny easy coats thing of like, everyone's racist and there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this, like,
1: yeah, fixation on racist attitudes and ignoring structurally racist policies. policies, policies,
5: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I think that only gives more, yeah, like, you know, focusing on that and, like, sort of, like, honing down on that in, like, terms of, like, politics only gives more power to those parties, whereas actually if you had a Labour Party, if you had a strong force a progressive force in like Australian politics that was able to articulate like bold transformative policies that people would get on board with, you would find the one nation vote go down for sure. Like, and so that's that's how we get rid of, like that is obviously not how we fix racism in our society, but that is how we stop giving them a voice in our parliament is being able to like take on board some of the other things that they're responding to that isn't, the, you know, yes, there is a small section of the population that's going to continue to vote for them because they are like literally white supremacists and really fucking racist. But there's another whole section of them that are not going to vote for them if they're giving a better alternative that's been able to articulate what's wrong with current society and what's wrong with politics and give them an alternative vision and an alternative um, thing to hope for. And then you you start from there, and that's when you start being able to actually challenge those things, rather than yeah.
2: And this happened. This happened in Griffith. Um, like we, got we over. We sold s- racism. <laughs> yeah, we did. No, well, we like yeah. we got over a seven percent swing, and we definitely
1: did not. I witnessed a number of interactions with the uh, Fraser running um, candidate at <laughs> my booth. We yeah. did, did that's definitely a, not. That's but so well we ate them up.
5: Yeah, yeah, like five like percent of our over
2: seven yeah. percent swing came from micro parties that the vast majority of which are like heavily right wing, like. Griffith has one of the lowest. Um, it doesn't have the lowest
3: One Nation Fraser vote in the entire country.
2: Uh, it does have in the state. I haven't checked the rest of the country. Um, but but Queensland had a high, had a really high One Nation vote, and and Griffith has a really small one. Compared to the electorates around it, it's quite small.
5: And compared to what happened last time as well, right? Like we literally just yeah. ate those minor party racist yeah. votes up by like talking last, to people.
2: Yeah, this was this was the anti politics election, and it's like visible in the Griffith results. We we like ate up huge chunks of micro party votes and as a result we held the seat for the, the Labour Party, which is a really exhausting thought. But, yeah, but you like, can thank
0: us I'm still waiting for my thank you from Terry yeah, Butler. Terry's
2: yeah. the swing against the sitting member of Griffith, of the Griffith uh was way bigger than her margin and it was only Green's preferences and this huge swing we got from right wing minor parties that has kept her over the line. Um
5: Lady, you weren't fighting the Tories. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we were for <laughs> you. We were yeah. Fucking yeah, can, yeah,
2: there, like, was, there was
1: no campaign. There were no Labor campaigners yeah. out there. Yeah, and
2: we shifted the entire electorate a huge degree to the left. And in doing so, we can also, like, yell at Labor nonstop and try and replace them, but still keep the seat. Left, Pro- progressive, and
3: well, left in a very broad term, and not yeah, yeah. LNP. Shallow sounds, whatever. I, I mean, know, the other thing, the Labor Party in Yeah, this
1: idea—it's a con- t- constantly thrown at the Greens, including by people in the Greens—that we, that we are doing harm by targeting Labor seats and not Liberal seats. But like, I think we've seen, like, we've kept the seat for Labor.
3: The other thing I wanted to, two things I wanted to say was one around this argument around the One Nation vote is again, this I think is really incredibly illustrative of the of the way that. Uh, the media class and certain politicians and even, you know, people amongst progressive politics read what's going on in politics as a reflection of what's going on in society. Uh, if you were go- if you did that right now, and a lot of people do that, you think there's some sort of wave of, like, organised racism going on in Australia. But, like, if any of the social surveys in Australia actually say that there's a tick- slow ticking up or stabilisation of actually really progressive... Um, views around race and multiculturalism. The best one, the Scanlon Foundation, which is probably the most major survey of Australian political opinion, finds the the, the question, multiculturalism has been good for Australia between 2013 and 2018. It's gone, subtotal agree, uh, well, strongly agree, has gone from 32% to 44% between 2013 and 2018. But, the like, strongly agree and agree combined has gone from 84% to 85% between 2013 and 2018. It's largely been stable. But if you read the One Nation vote as a representation of the rise of some sort of organised racism, again, to emphasise, this isn't to say that racism doesn't exist in I mean, Australia. we definitely
1: have a rise in, like, notoriety of certain, like you know, alt-right groups or whatever, but yeah, in terms of the population as a whole. Maybe, but, that's,
5: but that's also like a thing, like the the rise of One Nation, the One Nation vote was always sitting there in the Senate. The only reason why Pauline Hanson got re-elected and got pushed back into it was like changes to Senate voting reforms and not being able to like knock out those backroom deals that were keeping her out of the senate like it's been there all along it's not like she just like automatically just like came back into it this the the sort of like the baseline of her vote has existed the whole time along it was just preference deals that kept her out of the senate
3: i mean yeah and it's interesting the like the percentage of the population that disagree with that statement in in 2018 is six percent um which which is um which is, you know, interesting. I mean, I think this isn't, again, to say that like Australia is a settled colonial country and like racism is deeply embedded, like some form of racism is deeply embedded in our form of socialization and organizing against those racist attitudes is important. But I think it is important to say that you that we are going to lose, like our political movement is going to lose if we misread the social situation, like if we misunderstand or miscalculate as to what's going on because the only way to effectively beat One Nation is actually understand their uh, manifestation. Yeah, it's not enough to, to
1: wring your hands and write people off. You have to, like, figure out some way to combat this.
3: Um, yeah, and it's an anti-political manifestation more than it is the rise of some very sophisticated, organised far-right party.
1: And I, I don't know, just another, like, fucking... So many times through this week, I've been so mad at these, like, leaving Queensland, cutting Queensland off things, whatever, like... You have to fucking do something. Like, if you have the resources to leave, then you are probably not affected by racism or structural inequality or whatever. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> these people so, are all still fucking out
2: there. It's so exhausting, everyone being like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to New Zealand. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, a you place know, with no fucking place skin in the no game. racism,
0: because, yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway. Even if Queensland is the most racist place in Australia, someone's got to do something about it.
0: That's right. Um, actually, and that segues into the topic that I also wanted to discuss, which is... Um, I guess the the well we have touched on our result in Griffith's but I also want to talk about that and the um maybe the value of electoral organizing more generally which has been like questioned um because the greens I guess didn't um yeah we didn't win any more seats and we didn't we you know like as much as you know I think a lot of, we're all quite happy with our result in Griffith because we got a big swing and we um put the seat in contestation for next time we didn't win it which which sucks um, so should we just give up and like start doing other forms of politics now, or is there still something to be said for the electoral project?
2: Uh, I think, I think like the fact that, uh, I think we have a choice and we could do those things. But like the reason I find like every moment I spent on the Griffith campaign a success is that we engaged f- hundreds and hundreds of new volunteers in, for a lot of them, the first time, any kind of organized activity to do anything. Um, and a lot of, we've trained up a lot of really good organizers and that's a really exciting thing. And I think would, we would have struggled to capture them. Um, unless we were trying to do something ambitious, like win a, win a federal seat and hopefully we can like continue, continue to propel this energy towards good things and whatever that is. I don't care
5: as long as we go forward. But it's also like a thing of like a lot of these critiques that are coming out of it. are like kind of, it's, yeah, it's it's really confusing, right? Because there was no, there was never a point in this where we said electoralism is hundred percent everything that everyone on the left needs to do. Everyone on the left, we never said everyone on the left. Or needs even to that we
1: personally should do all the time in all circumstances.
5: Yeah. Or like everyone, you know, everyone on the left should totally abandon everything else, and everyone should put everything into electoralism. Like that was never an argument that we made. But what the argument that we're making is that it's a very important component in the mix of like how we're going to push forward. Um, progressive politics and how we're going to get the resources to do so and how we're going to build the more movements to get the goals that we want and so our beliefs of that it's it's a very very important part of it but never are we told people to not do anything else this is just like for a lot of us here this is one of the things that we find the most useful and we find our skills um, and our energies are best used on I
1: think a lot of it too like feels so zero-sum like both within different groups in the left or within different parts of the green sometimes like this idea that by doing this you're wasting effort and you're wasting volunteers but I don't think like that we're stealing volunteers from things like we've all met a million volunteers where this is the first thing they've done they're so motivated and we've all been you know all of us were running a booth on election day and we've all been texting our volunteers and a lot of them are saying this is the first thing I've ever done for the greens or this is the first you know, kind of politically active thing I've do I'm doing. I loved it. What can I do now? Like they're not being stolen from something else. Like they're coming.
3: Well and this is I think the weird deep irony in all of these criticisms that have come out. All of the criticisms, the only thing they've measured is in terms of electoral success about well, whether or not we've won the seat. Which was never like yes long term we want to win lots of seats and use that as an established base of power to a give voice to social movements when they do occur and like allow them to like shift politics at a broader discursive level with like large big announcements and give us platforms for our politics that we know are effective and we know sh- shift politics in a certain direction uh that yes that is a medium to long-term ga- aim but also, I think it's sort of, you know, being mentioned here, the deep, amazing success is we've ended up probably touching and mobilising over a 1,000 people here, many of whom have never been involved in politics. Their, their politics were shifted. They were politicised in really important ways. We ran training days and trained hundreds of volunteers and being able to articulate the sort of politics that we're talking about tonight. We brought a lot of people into progressive politics who otherwise wouldn't have been involved in and who will invariably filter out into lots of different movements. But if... Right, like if any social movement, right, like, you know, a non electoral project over the last 12 months was able to mobilize over a thousand people. On a single day. In a a single day, but also reached. 500 a single day. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, and not just a rally, but also reached the point where they're capable of going and having, going door to door and talking to over a thousand, having one on one, 1,000 one on one conversations a week about a certain type of politics. If any movement did that outside of ours, it would be considered one of the greatest successes in the last decade. In like Brisbane left politics, and that's amazing. We we politicized the electorate. We shifted people's politics door to door, and made a lasting impact on not only our project, but I think more broadly progressive politics across Australia.
0: I want to yeah, I want to make a couple of points. <clears throat> First is that like uh, I think one of the problems that like sort of uh, vague, uh, woolly in terms of you know community organizing runs into is the difficulty of not having an end goal or like, you know, a point that, that you know, this is this is what you're going to try to get and this is like how you're going to try and achieve it, such as an election. Like having an election is very handy in that way in that we know what we want to do, we know the numbers and so forth, and we can push for that. And we also know that that's the, uh, that's the light on – like that's the point on the horizon at which we can have a break. Like it is very hard to slog along at some kind of like task – when you don't know how really you're going to achieve it or you don't know at what point you're going to be able to like stop for a while. So I think just having like an easy way to funnel the energy of people um, is, is key. And maybe, you know, I think is underestimated. Um, and secondly, yeah, I guess like Nicole, you mentioned this, but basically the proof is in the pudding, right? Like this is a gigantic growing movement of people who've been politicized for like maybe the first time in their life. And the work itself, like, I'm not one of those people who thinks, like, you know, the real social movement is the friends you make along the way and it doesn't really matter what the result is as long as you, like, you know, have a good time or you, or you like, work really hard or you politicise new people. Like, yeah, that's not the only thing. But, like, the work itself, we, we went into this in our door-knocking podcast um, last time, but, like, that has – it is something in and of itself that is quite special. And um, Maddie found this article – by Alyssa, um, what's her name? Alyssa, Alyssa Badastoni. Um, I call her the female Aaron Bastani, <laughs> which is, I know, and a huge compliment to Aaron Bastani. Um, but their names are so similar. Anyway, Alyssa Badastoni. I do a friend both of them, Joe? Beautiful. <laughs> uh, in, N plus one, um, is writing about her experience, organizing a union, um, for graduate students at Yale. And, um, she says, so she's writing about this, this work of organizing, um, It's true that organising is the day-to-day work of politics, what Ella Baker called "spade work," the hard labour that prepares the ground for dramatic action. But I've never understood the charge of mundanity. Canvassing on a slow day can be tedious, but no other part of organising has ever felt dull to me. Quite the opposite. Nothing has ever felt more thrilling or more wrenching. Nothing has ever been harder to do or harder to stop thinking about. And I reckon, like, you know, that's not a coincidence, the the fact that so many young people are, like, making us cry by sending us these beautiful texts about how much they love volunteering. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's it's not a coincidence that that's all happening within this electoral project.
3: Well, that and that's exactly, and that's the other thing, and sort of this has been alluded to, but the collective joy on this campaign, like, in terms of, like, if, like, measured under the terms of how you would measure the success of a non-electoral project, this is a probably the most successful thing any of us have ever been involved in. Like, it's truly remarkable. And, you know, the, in electoral terms, it's made it the most winnable green seat, federal seat in the country. And I think this is the other thing that that's, you know, talked about is that po- the Iraq, we've said this before on this podcast, but like the Iraq war marches were the historical nadir for like movement politics on the progressive side, the largest rallies in human history. And we didn't stop the Iraq war. And, Out of that, there has never been, like... And at the same time as that was happening, the union movement was collapsing. And, like, it's there's little sparks of regrowth maybe in the US and occasionally in Australia. The NUW seems like it's doing... National Union of Workers seems like it's doing some genuinely good stuff. But there's been no reckoning with, like, how to re... What strategies now there, there are to, like, engage in social movement politics to get large material gains or bring lots of people along or convince people of a strategy that's worth taking... Uh, And I think, as you said, Nicole, like it's not as if we're not we're not saying that this is the only thing to do. This is what we've decided to do, and we keep being really successful at it. And so we'll continue down that path. But for us to be successful, we need there to be. We're not going to be successful without large social movements, and we'll keep chipping in with those. And those need to be seriously worked out. But recognise that we can't do all we can at once. But what we do know is we're really fucking good at this sort of organising. We we got Jono elected. We've shifted the politics in Queensland around Adani and Cole. Right now, what's going on? The debates around Adani would not be happening if it weren't for the fact that we almost pulled off the win in South Brisbane. The like the like identity crisis going on with Queensland Labor was precipitated by our organise like our organising, also by the large Stop Adani campaign. But that Jackie Trad is on the verge of losing her seat is a really important part of why Labor's wringing their hands about this stuff.
0: We should maybe, just to make it clear, if like, there are people who haven't listened to the podcast before, by we, I guess we mean the South Brisbane Greens, like our particular Greens branch that have been running um, quite creative, radical campaigns in this part of the world for the past three years or so, um, starting with getting Jonathan's three elected to the GAB award, um, nearly getting Amy McMahon elected la- uh, the state election in 2017, um, and now running Max's Griffith campaign.
3: And this is and getting John elected, he's been able to give enormous support to fledgling social movements across Brisbane. That's That's the power of getting MPs in. They can use their resources to give turbo boosts to whether it be anti-poverty Network or Deben Creek. Like, he was able to give material support to those. He wasn't responsible for them happening, but he gave them a boost. What's really helpful when,
4: like, you're trying to fight the state uh, is, like, just using the resources of the state. Like, I don't mean that as, in, like, hey, the state's going to help you. It's like, no, just fucking take that money. And, like, it's very helpful to have more money. And, and like, having, just fucking yeah. printing And the megaphone, right? Yeah.
1: I think also we, like, continue to go on and we should, like, think about whether this is still a useful strategy. Like, for now, I think it is, um, both in our volunteer base and in the conversation we've had with people in Griffith. But, like, in going into the future, like, if the federal Greens keep doing climate election shit and just talking to people who are already Greens voters and only care about climate, then – you know we have to think about like is this a party we can change and like i think in queensland this election as reflected in our vote like we've been doing some really good kind of material politics in addition to still having a strong climate or a strong refugee position like if in the future we feel like the federal greens are a lost cause well we got
2: to think about it hashtag
1: direct election of leader now
5: (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first folks max's dental party Maybe we should segue that into our climate election critiques. Oh, yeah. We could just do one, like, re- do you, we could sum up climate election in, like, one sentence.
0: No. Oh, it was no, not the not climate, climate election. election. I mean, <laughs> it didn't exist. So, there you go. Done. The only people who <laughs> thought it was
4: the climate election were the environment NGOs that, like, had totally captured the Federal Greens Party. And they were, like, just, they were seeking, they wanted it to be the climate election. They were actively working against <laughs> policy and messages and things that would have like worked so well in to this period those
1: NGOs have also captured themselves. Yeah. In a uh, sense like they care about the climate but they've captured their own brains in a way that like has led them to some bad strategies.
5: Or just like that like yeah cool I really wish it was the climate election. That would have been amazing. Like I wanted it to be the climate election. That's yeah, the fucking climate election. It's
1: the same as like the race thing, right? Where we're picking between two major parties. And they both fucking suck on climate. Hey, remember like, Donnie? It was I think all of us were like very chill about this election result while a lot of our friends and acquaintances were really sad. And for me, I wasn't sad because I've gotten so fucking cynical about mm. both major parties to the point where it's a fucking fail for the climate either way. Like the reef was gonna die with Labour. We have a Labour government in Queensland and they've just fast tracked a Donnie. What's mm-hmm. the fucking difference? So well, also
3: and Labour had proposed that one point five billion dollar climate bomb. Opening up fracking in the Beetaloo Basin mm. and Shorten had come out and said that that was going to provide gas for 400 years. And it's like, mate, we can't be like, we're, talk- <laughs> yeah. we're talking, we yeah. actually, yeah. say it. we're talking a decade, idiot, not 400 years. Like, I mean, we'll get like a 50 years into that and like it'll be like Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> <or> along Bolter <Vulture laughs> Street. Yeah, like, like if it was the a s-
1: climate election, we shouldn't be voting for a Labour government. We should be all walking to Canberra with a like fucking bomb strapped to us to <laughs> blow up <our laughs> Parliament because like neither
0: party can do <laughs>
3: Figuratively, um,
2: yeah, I mean, I mean, it might work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing around, like, if you this is the other, like, we need. I think Nicole, you've said this before, and I agree. Like, we need a really powerful and strong climate and environment movement. But one of the major reasons this wasn't the climate election was because we still neither party, including the Greens to a degree, wasn't still as yet articulating a politics that demonstrated that a the problem the the climate change was being driven by an economic and political system that was also destroying your life and in the process of transforming that political and economic system, not only will you improve your day-to-day lives and redistribute wealth and power in a way that ensures everyone can live a good life, but it will also stop climate change. And that requires a couple of things, like deep structural organising on the ground within trade unions and within those communities that we most need to convince. Like, not just electoral politics, but, you know, like proper union organising and articulating alternatives and getting them to demand, like, to formulate their own forms of, like, Uh, you know, just transitions and what that would look like. And instead, it was, like, Stop Adani convoy and, like, you know, big billboards with this is a climate election and the ACTU spending, like, $26 million trying to prop up their mate, Bill Shorten. Like you know and this is the Maddie, the thing I'd say around action on climate change is like yes we desperately want really good action on climate change but I'm utterly convinced that we have one of the most cogent and coherent strategies around taking on action on climate change and it's doing exactly that like a transformative politics that transforms the economy and society in a way that does both That's the only way we'll be able to tackle climate change
4: that's the people talking about like Green New Deal for Australia and all that kind of stuff like that, that is exactly the kind of stuff we were talking about it just wasn't branded in a Green New Deal package it was the idea that we can have housing for people to make sure that no one is homeless because there's too many fucking people living on the street in Australia and that all that housing will be sustainable. It will be like we'll have solar panels. It, the idea that the manufacturing jobs of the future or any jobs of the future is not a climate job where you're building a fucking seawall. It's that, hey, this is how we actually improve people's lives. This is how we take an engineer working on a power station and put them into an industry in which they can use those skills and continue to have a good life. That's not, Hey, by the way, we're shutting down your power station, go get a tourism job.
0: It's just uh, like you need something to cut that Gordian knot between jobs and climate and sort of labor's mealy mouth statements about investing in infrastructure in North Queensland. It's not going to cut it. Like, I agree. Like it's kind of that same thing, right? That we talked about at the start of the episode, the difference between a kind of technocratic review into means testing this you know possible spend of if a committee approves it versus being like no yeah this is a transformative radical really universalist policy that doesn't um single out you know north queensland as the problem or whatever um but says like yeah we actually badly need to transform the way our economy functions if we are going to have a chance of um of surviving uh in you know in the face of climate change
5: because it's insane to think otherwise, right? Like it's insane to think otherwise in Australia. Like, you know, whether we like it or not, whether the environmental NGOs like it or not, like our economy is very heavily reliant on coal at the moment. So you need to, like a very bold transformative vision and transform. like you need to transform the economy to be able to tackle climate change. You know, we don't want it to be so because we want to be able to make piecemeal changes that actually stop us from this impending doom. But the sad reality of it is it's... That's just not what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, and nothing that in its current state the Labour Party could actually achieve.
5: No. Like, they could
2: achieve in the sense that they could form government and that they the would, government would have the power to do it, but, like, with the kind of money they take from the mining sector or from whatever, like, there's just no way that they want to do it. And the reason that we're not as depressed as everyone else was on election night was because we had already, like, dealt with this depression. Like, like yeah. the amount of work Years we need ago. to do is gigantic. <laughs> we need to literally, like...
1: Well, I mean, we've and we've confronted it very, like, zooming right back into, like, how you stop a specific thing. Like, we've confronted it very directly in South Brisbane where we have the Deputy Premier, who was at the time, whatever, the Planning Minister, in the most anti-Adani electorate in Queensland in a majority Labor government, and that's not enough to stop it. So if you want to have a crack at like, electoralism being the inappropriate strategy for fucking Get up or ACF or Stop Adani trying to, like, go for Dixon or go for a climate convoy. Like, this is exactly the wrong time for electoralism. You have elected a state Labour government who is unwilling or unable yeah. to...
2: Yeah, if they're pushable at all, you should be able to push on them right now.
5: Yeah, and they're clearly not right. And, they're like, as long as the environment movement continues to tie itself to Labour and continues to rely on this, like... Like the funding and the stuff that keeps every of their jobs from like government status,
2: charitable status, all of that sort of stuff. Status.
5: Unfortunately, that's not compatible with the kinds of changes that we need. And, and yeah, that's f- where
1: we get into like also the danger of interacting with the state, where you have powers to lobby ministers or have good relationships and tinker around the edges. But it's not but fucking at working. At one point, you got to fucking
5: yeah, it's not working. Like I think there's a time when the climate movement have to say this is not working. This strategy is clearly not working and while it gives us employment which is valuable it's not actually achieving any of the aims that we want it to and And if we we actually and we've
1: got to such a crisis point like we can improve tree clearing laws but if we don't stop climate change it doesn't matter all the trees are going to be dead all the marine parks are going to be dead like all those little things dead we can ban plastic straws but the oceans are going to be dead
5: no dolphins to get stuck in they'll all be (laughs) dead
1: as a, as a paid-up Greens member, I would like to fucking formally ban Bob Brown from our state. He's oh, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ, please. Uh, this is our disendorsement from of any Bob. state. Extreme, extreme disendorse. We've already disendorsed yeah, him before. You're now.
0: Disendorsement um, implies he was at one time endorsed, so.
1: Yeah. But I think I would, yeah, this, like, oh my God, the Stop Adani rally, convoy, whatever, the fucking convoy of chaos, like, clearly that was a dumb idea and is a really bad example of trying to lobby people in localized areas when you know we've got this like lower house system whatever but um, letting labor off the hook for like oh no the convoy costs them Queensland is fucking insane like Bob Brown as much as I hate him is not that powerful like if you had any meaningful connection to the voters of Queensland any appealing policy any like connection to society any fucking anything one random old man rocking up to Queensland could not have lost you the election
4: even a lot of old men, and women like would not have lost the election. Yeah, like, they were still going to lose either way, whether they arrived here or not.
3: Exactly. What does that say about the confidence in their own project? If they mm. literally think that Bob Brown can derail an entire federal election campaign? I wish Bob Brown had that much power. Like well, if we had, if the Greens had that much power, yeah. we'd be in <laughs> government. If
0: I could harness that power, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I wish I had that much power. Yes. Yeah, kind of yeah, they the, need the same
1: s- vibes as like the boomer fake news about like death tax or whatever. Like if you have so little to say to people that one bloody Facebook meme or one boomer himself going to North Queensland could knock it off then, you know, you had a fucking, a fragile dead end campaign.
2: They only lost the Queensland, Labour only lost two seats in Queensland and they're currently like 11 seats behind government, so.
4: Like, they were always going to lose. Like, regardless of the convoy or whatever, they were going to lose. And, you know, I was like, I went into this election thing, oh yeah, Labour's going to, like, landslide this in just because i had believed either labor's own propaganda or the media the media's propaganda and i think like some i want to check the records i think one of our a couple
2: of i don't know whether i said it like no one of us believed it
1: Hmm. One okay. of the subtitles for this episode was "the reverse bribery." No, and that's the
0: title. <laughs> I, I know I've said this
1: before. Like I, I've said it before. Like I thought Labour would win, but if anyone could find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, it would be Bill it Shorten.
0: Would be Bill Shorten, <laughs> and he's yes. done it. And I also want to give a special shout out to um, our mate and former guest Jeremy Poxon, who's physical safety—I'm <laughs> being assured he's okay. Uh, we, when we interviewed him, we. Joked about how he would have to retire to his secure posting chamber if Labor yeah. lost the election. One unemployed poster and one um, elderly
1: hippie well, together defeated to the incredibly powerful. We Labor. have to join now. We're Labor. all unemployed.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, true. We're all <laughs> unemployed posters here. Uh, Cool, maybe final Okay, so thoughts. we've cancelled the climate election. Do we need to cancel anything else? just
2: keep talking and just edit it no,
0: all out that if makes, it
2: sucks. That like makes from my, my job now way onwards. harder. <laughs> <with> <laughs> A- what if so I do it? I'll no, do it.
0: you're not going to do it. I, we're just I think the last we're thing
3: I'd like, to, the, the, the one thing I'd like to say, because we didn't, we mentioned it obliquely, but change the rules as well. It was not the change the uh, rules uh, election. Such, it never they worked. pissed up
0: millions of dollars against the wall.
3: And as I think Liam's Liam's point is was, in many ways, it was the nothing election. But what I think this does bode well for is that the slow disintegration of politics, and I think with Albanese's leadership, he seems like he's going to be Labor leader who seems to be saying that we need to end class war, as if Shorten was starting that in the first place. <laughs> um, like that, they're they're learning all the wrong lessons. Like that, you know, we need to embrace Adani and Cole when like these communities. This is the other thing have been deeply fucked by this like neoliberalism neoliberal type capitalism where we abandon these people's fortunes to the boardrooms of mining execs like the transition the queensland labor's plan is to leave up the transition largely up to the decisions of mining boardrooms multinational multinational mining corporations um and but this leaves us in a space where it's up to us now and lots of people around the country to start because there's lots of limits on our politics now as well, like properly detail, in detail, artic- not only organizing within communities and building social movements and building this electoral project, but also articulating in detail a politics that takes us beyond this malaise and, you know, we've done little bits of it. We did a bit during the Queensland state election. We did a little bit this election, but a broad-based platform that speaks right down to people's households and all the way up to the commanding heights of the economy. How do we change this? And who? how do we articulate it? Because over the next 10 to 15 years, it's not unreasonable to suggest that we could find ourselves in a position or some section of our movement can find ourselves in the position where we're having to make these big decisions. So we've got a lot of work to do, but it's it, what's really encouraging for me. Out of this, all of these results is that as you, as lots of people have said, our politics works, and I think this is only us at our weakest right now, uh, which is exci- The exciting bit for me. This isn't
1: our final form. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
5: Uh, a few things I think yeah like I think you know carrying from what Max has said I think a very important thing is to be able to break with the Labour Party is to break with so progressive movements environmental movements like stop hanging your hopes on the Labour Party because it is a fail in the
1: union movement that genuinely mean well and
5: yes yeah people who yeah people who genuinely mean well and want to actually see the sort of the large-scale reforms that we're talking about but are still just hanging their hopes on a broken, broken institution that is fundamentally unable to deliver any of them. And it's also proving itself unable to actually win over the hearts and minds of Australians.
1: Yeah, not only to deliver objectives, but even do the bare minimum thing, which is to get in government.
5: Yeah, yes. And so it's like as long as we all keep falling behind them and we all keep hanging our hopes on them, that's 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 our upper limit and that's all we can get Um. And so I, so I, uh, so I guess my takeaway from that is that we we don't need them, we actually don't need them. We can like actually spend our time organizing and building other, um, whether it's electoral politics, whether it's different parties, whether it's like actually social movements. We need to completely break with the Labour Party mm. because it is not going to give us the answers that people want.
1: No, yeah, um, and we we say a lot about we like knock NGOs a lot, but like I think there's so many hardworking like people who really care in NGOs Mm. so like thinking about how you can use that energy and that donation money and the like blood sweat and tears in a way that can change because I think yeah the current strategy hopefully it's a
5: that's it and it'll be a case of like you know taking labor out of the picture and thinking about what would you do if you weren't hanging your hopes on labor like what would your strategy be if that if if labor wasn't you know your ultimate goal um so that's that's. what I say this every single bloody election. No one really listens. That's okay. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, yeah, like climate. Like it is so. It's so important. We all know it's so important. But that doesn't mean we can make other people think that it's something that's really really important without being able to um, first meet the things that are the big issues for them. We need to stop thinking about what's the most important thing for us. And start thinking about what are the most important things to other people and the sort of the, the broader population because we ju- we're we just not going to win. We're literally – this planet's going to be a giant fireball as long as we sit on our moral high ground and as long as we – Yeah, we, you yeah. can't
1: scold people. You can't
5: – You can't. The, give up. This, this strategy needs to end now because I genuinely want the climate movement to be powerful and to be effective. And there was like Max is saying, there's a lot of work to do. Being able to articulate a just transition away from where we are now and completely transform our economy from where we are now to an economy that is sustainable and able to keep life on this earth into the foreseeable future is a huge, huge task. And we need to get to work at that. And we need to get to work at changing hearts and minds around that. But that means we need to abandon this sort of moral high ground. We need to abandon fucking convoys (laughs) going up to central Queensland from the city and telling them those people what they should think. You need to bring them along with you and to think that you, yeah, I'm rambling really badly. I'm doing a very bad summary of this. You're
0: you're hitting all the key
5: (laughs) talking points. I don't know if I
0: have much to add. Um, I mentioned to a few of you earlier this week that I kind of felt like a psychopath because I had like all of these darling young volunteers very upset over the election result whereas the only, the only emotion I felt was just kind of mild amusement
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, a,
0: the ALP like really did fuck it up so bad after all and managed to do a reverse Bradbury um, but I think as we've talked about before it's because you know we went through that particular phase of depression and sadness a long time ago uh um so what would I say I guess um yeah, come to the other side. It's <laughs> good over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I reckon kind of what Max said was important about, like, um, yeah, the kind of disintegration of uh, politics as usual continues apace. The, the idea that, you know, conventional uh, political wisdom or media, quote-unquote, expertise means anything continues to, you know, be demolished at record speed. So that's that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess like socialism or barbarism, hey, like <laughs> 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 <It's amazing. laughs> But like like you, every episode <laughs> 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 and like our lives. But like you honestly
3: took fucking hour to get to the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we, I guess we've got a chance here as people on the left. that doesn't come every day with the disintegration of the Labour Party in particular as like a quote-unquote progressive option. And also, yeah, the, a swing against the, the coalition as well. Like people don't want either of the major parties and if we want to take advantage of this, we have to, as Nicole has said, seriously consider the strategy of what we've been doing what has, has and has not been working um, and start looking at, yeah, like thinking seriously and quite ruthlessly about how we win from here.
4: Uh, um, I am genuinely terrified about the future. Um, but my response to the world being on fire, the seas boiling is that I am going to fucking fight every fucker that like is okay with letting that continue. Um, I am like a broken boy in that, like, this is how, like, I am desperate to like kill the labor party because they are literally killing my future. Um, um, I want like so much change. I see so much opportunity for us to have a better life and we know not only like what, you know, what kind of utopia that we could live in. Like there's a there is a there is a vision, there is an idea, there's something that, that we can work towards. Uh, and like like our current like politics and the 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 current mechanisms that allow for certain kinds of ideas to come to the front. Is really so constrained uh, that there's like so much possibility for us to be and work for something better. Um, and I think for us, for me, uh, there's like that opportunity is something worth engaging with, and like that that fight and that that movement and that organising in you know maybe as electoral politics and then there's other stuff as well. But for me, that's like it is genuinely thrilling to go and talk to people about what a better world could be uh, what a better life could be for so many people and just leaving it as like oh it's just where we don't have this thing is missing the massive opportunity that we can totally transform the lives that we do live uh in and yeah I don't know I'm definitely rambling more than Nicole I don't know I think there's a massive opportunity for us to like to have a better world and I want that better world and I'm going to fight for that better world and the labor party sucks and I am so ready for them to just fucking disappear, because them as an institution is so broken um, that it infuriates me. Their corpses
1: me. can fertilise a beautiful forest. Growing up.
4: Yeah, you want to talk about forests? You want to talk about trees? <laughs> like I have a lot of fertilizer for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn.
4: Um, fuck, I don't know. All right, so
2: I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the overall federal results for some reason. If you had ten people, right? Right, <laughs> oh, stick <stippled> with <no>. me. <laughs> Or we'll possibly edit all of this out. <laughs> now is uh, the
5: time to do statistics. No article
4: about hundred because
2: uh, we did that one. No, fuck it. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm in my third beer. Just edit you me out. A hundred
0: people cancel all of them. But there's
2: ten of them, right? Four of them voted for the Libs, three voted for Labour, one voted for us, and two have just totally given up and voted for for like minor parties. So, as angry as we are at all of you Labour people, like look to your left, look to your right. If one of you fuckers joins us, we can convince the two undecideds, and we can just rule at the next election. <laughs> so just <start> fucking <laughs> get on it already.
5: Peace. How do I do the verbal equivalent of that meme with the ladies of all the equations? <laughs> it does yeah. Matter. Yeah. wait? Mm-hmm. I thought of a better mm-hmm. summary. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be better mm-hmm. Labour, or be, we will be better, and we will beat you. Well, it was like, we're angry mean, like you, but
2: "Come join us, and we'll stop being angry."
1: <laughs> I mean you want to tell your friend like how they can be better like you're not going to tell your enemy you've already given up on like we believe labor you can be something
5: Maybe. Mm, this is true. Yeah, we I don't, don't believe that. No, really I believe a lot, a lot of people who vote and work for Labor can be something. Yeah. I take it all back.
2: Yeah, by quitting and joining us.
5: All right, just burn Labor down. All right, I was trying to come up with a positive spin for Labor, but yeah, no, the, the, the people, the people who
1: care about those things, they can,
5: they yeah. can be better, and they can come to us.
1: Yeah, or oh, come to wherever. Like you know, my life coaching on election night of real sad people was admittedly very motivated by my sleep deprivation, but I. Kept telling people to just like look in their look in their telescope and if periscope, sure, their telescope, periscope, any kind of object, look in your tube. And if you find there that you have done the best you can and you've done it in a way that's bringing people with you and you think, Um, can connect to a future and has a way forward and you're working hard on that and it seems to be doing well then feel great like you can't do everything like the problems we're confronting in terms of capitalism or climate or like all the fucking injustice in our planet are so big we can't know if what we're doing is gonna work but we can look around like obviously if you're fucking cross-stitching sad whales and posting them to people in you know Claremont then you should take a look down your periscope and think maybe this is not the best way to spend my time. But <laughs> What
5: about if you were the mermaid in the Stop a you your convoy? Then you should have a little look say? down your
4: periscope. Wait, this is the one that had the plastic bag over the head?
5: <laughs> yeah, so occasionally
1: you got to zoom out and think, is this strategy doing something? But if you believe it is, it might not be the only thing, but like try hard, bring people with you and like, you know, that's all you can do really
5: in yeah. this life. It's a little periscope, but it also needs to come back around to you. And and you uh, just have to hope other people are doing shit and we're all doing it at the same
1: time and we have a hope in hell. I think Mm. that's all we can really hope Mm. for. A positive critical reflection. Yeah.
0: Well, this is going (laughs) nowhere. (laughs) 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 And that is how we shoved the Periscope up our owner. (laughs) 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 Let's end this now. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Sorry about all the coughing. Um, Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, And we'll be back soon with more takes. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.